Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the Cod Cabin, the number one Massachusetts political podcast, right after the horse race, and the Cod Cask, and several others I'm probably not mentioning. But hey, we are still pretty cool. I'm Adam Bass. Joining me, as always, is Logan Rave and Jesse Hahn. Jack, Jack Leary will be here probably soon. But hey, today we've got someone very special. We've got Tori Bedford of WGBH News. I refuse to call it GBH News, even with, that, even with the name change. She is a reporter from WGBH. Uh, she is a youth mentor. And she is always, always ready to report on the facts. So Tori, welcome to the cabin. Hi, guys. Thanks for, so much for having me. And thank you for joining us. You know, it is... You know, this is our first time ever having a reporter on the podcast, and a Massachusetts political reporter. Um, I, I guess you could count us as reporters, but we're more sort of just four idiots just trying to figure out what's going on in Massachusetts. So, yeah, I want to know, how'd you get your start in, in the reporting world? Specifically, um, like, what made you decide to go into reporting? So it's probably, um, it's probably similar to how you guys decided to do this podcast, Um just a kind of interest in, you know, figuring things out and being nosy and gossiping and then, you know, <laughs> determining that the gossip is not gossip. Um, I went to journalism school at Emerson College nice. and I, well, when I was a kid, I also was really into journalism. I had a, a newspaper for my family and then I also had a really cringy, I still have the video, but I had a really cringy um uh, night nighttime news show that I would do um, where I would make up stories and like play various characters. Nice. Um, I, think, I think that I, the part of it that always really appealed to me was just going out and talking to people and talking to strangers and getting into other people's business and, um, you know, learning about interesting stories and then trying to figure out how to tell those stories. And the part that I have, worked on and has been a struggle for me because I have ADHD is just like taking all of that reporting and putting it into something. So yeah. yeah. Um, but I, yeah, so I went to Emerson and I worked at WERS, which is a really great radio station. Mm -hmm. It's not just, I think it goes so far beyond, you know, your, your standard college radio station because the opportunities that they gave us to just go out into the city and report on real stories. Like we were there, during the Occupy movement. And we were, you know, spending nights and weekends and all day there just getting to know people and talking to people and doing all this coverage. And then I started, I think I was an intern um, at WGBH, or G the artist formerly known as, <laughs> in the 2013 mayoral race. And I worked with David Bernstein, uh, who's amazing. And- oh, really? I didn't, yeah. know where, I didn't know he worked at GBH. Yeah, he, um, I'm not sure if he's still a contributor, but he might be. He he does a lot of stuff all over the place. I know he moved, he was living in, in the Massachusetts area for a while. Um, so we were working together on that race, which was so crazy. There were so many candidates. There was so much drama. It was so interesting. And, you know, obviously we, I was in school during the Boston Marathon bombing. And I remember that day that it happened, I was on the air and I actually ran down towards like right when it had happened and just kind of started working. And that whole week just spent the whole week working. And as a college student, I think that was a big learning experience for me because I learned a lot about trauma in reporting and how you really have to take time to 
process the trauma. And this year has also been an exercise in that with all of the COVID stories that we've worked on. And, you know, anytime you speak to someone who's been through something traumatic, sometimes it can trigger previous traumatic experiences for you, but Mm -hmm. it's also difficult just to hear those stories and take those in and kind of process all of that. And you have this distance from, you have this distance from it because you're working, but you're also a human being and I, I actually went, I'm going on a tangent now. About that's trauma, totally I've, fine. Look, that's, thinking, that's perfect. <laughs> I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, I went to a conference uh, with the IRE, the um, NECIR, which is like, I went to a conference with the IRE, the Investigative Reporters and Editors Association or whatever it's called. <laughs> um, and they were talking about trauma reporting and they were saying, you know, we're journalists, but we're human beings first. And I thought that was so important to think about. Um, So that's kind of been, it's, you know, I think I've gotten better as a journalist over the years in many, many ways, but there's still certain themes that I'm still working on and processing and trying to figure out and, you know, always trying to be better. And you guys get that. I mean, you know. I mean, from from our perspective, we see you as one of the greats, to be perfectly honest. Um, Thank you. Oh my God. Yeah. Trust me. I've been been waiting for that follow from you for a a whole year. I'm like, oh God, am I not good enough for Tori Bedford of of WGBH? I'm like, I just want to say something about following people on Twitter. Sometimes like, you know, I'll find a bunch of people on Twitter and I'll follow them or, or I don't know, like, or I'll tweet something and then I'll get a bunch of followers from it. And I try to like go through that and like see who everyone is. But if I don't follow you back, it's not personal. Right. I'm going <laughs> to blame again, my ADHD and just say that I can't always notice, but yes, I, I didn't even know what I was missing until I followed you back. And mm-hmm. so I, I would like to go on the record and apologize for my delay. Trust me. You know, again, it's, it's like the same, what we have with our cod cabin Twitter account. Um, like we have like a ton of people following us and we only have like 100 people following back. So I'm like, Oh, I need to update all of this, but, um, enough for me. I'm gonna turn it over to my other, to my other friends over here. Jesse, uh, Jesse Han, the one and only the man, the myth and the legend himself. All right. Thanks, Adam. Um, Tori, you're, you're I'm in like, um, I love following you on Twitter. Just putting that I think aside. I do. Fo- I follow you back, right? I don't yeah, think so. I do. But I do. Fine. I definitely, no, I definitely I mean, Jesse has to go through all 6,000 of his followers to see if he can find it. You don't. <laughs> I, now I do. There we go. Thank <laughs> okay. You. Yep. All right. Um, I thought I did because I've seen you on Twitter, so I thought I did, but all right. I mean, maybe I'm not very good at it. Okay. I'm, we're all just <laughs> an emerging technology. No one knows if the internet's even going to stick around. Okay. That's. Yeah. It could be gone any day. Um, <laughs> I've been listening to a few of your pieces, especially like the check-in, looking at, um, of course, talking to people around Massachusetts about co- how COVID has impacted them. Um, you touched, you just touched on trauma reporting, but what what's it like to go through those um, messages and to just like, just listen to all the experiences these people have had over the past year? Thank you for listening to those. That project, it, we started that at the beginning of the pandemic and that project has been so close to my heart because I think in the last episode we were talking about how, you know, like I was, I was taking all of those messages and some of them were so profoundly sad and then some of them were funny and some of them were happy. And I was like, how am I going to fit all of these into like 10 minutes? 
um, together cohesively in a way that doesn't feel really jarring. And I think that's kind of the point of the show that I've realized over the past year of reflecting on it is that it's about not comparing those experiences and not saying like, oh, this, you know, this trauma is worse than that trauma. Um, I don't know. Can I swear on here? Is that okay? Uh, for, I mean, like how, how deep is the swear? <laughs> I just wanted to like in high school, um, I had this friend who went through a very scary traumatic experience and I went through a really bad breakup. And I remember he was at, he was asking me how I was and he'd returned to school from the very traumatic experience. And, um, you know, I was like, Oh, I'm okay. Like, I just felt like I couldn't talk about it because of the comparison. And yeah, obviously like you should be sensitive to that, but he said something that has stuck with me forever, which was just that I'll say, I'll say crap. Crap yeah. is crap. <laughs> everybody has crap. Everybody has stuff. Stuff is stuff. Like every, everybody has stuff in their life that affects them and it carries weight and there's no real good reason to compare that. And it doesn't mean that, you know, obviously there's certain times for, you know, certain things like people are dying Kim but like you know it's I think that the show the check-in is just like a space for people to talk about all of that stuff that's happening to them my favorite episodes that we had were two episodes about relationships in the pandemic which people in relationships were affected people who are living together people going through divorces really messy divorces and then this amazing couple that had been together briefly in high school and then reunited during the pandemic over Facebook and we're talking to each other every day and they're older and it was just this really sweet story and so I think there needs to be like like this breadth of humanity right like this these these all these experiences need to be weighed and appreciated and heard and I think it's meaningful for people to hear about that stuff. It's really meaningful for me in some ways. I was just using it as like therapy, but um, I think it's also helpful to have a space to contribute that stuff where you don't feel like you're stepping on more important coverage or you're not talking about healthcare workers or you know the 500,000 people that have died in this country from this pandemic. You, like those things, we're still holding space and those things and the weight of those things, but we're also talking about you know, hardships in a relationship or really weird stuff that you've bought online because you don't go out anymore. So you have money and you just go to on Amazon and like buy like a 50 pound bag of flour or something. <laughs> um, so I, I appreciated that about the show. It kind of, we just started doing it and then it just became a show. It wasn't really planned very well. Um, and it just turned into this really incredible thing, but yeah, Listening to all those stories, it is hard. Like this one woman who um, she lost her husband. She thought that he had the flu and then he, he actually passed away in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. And she's coming up on the one year anniversary of his death from coronavirus. And she was saying, you know, I look at the chair that he's supposed to be sitting in and I'm sitting here with, with his dog, who's now my dog. And I'm just like looking forward to this anniversary to pass just so that I don't have that one year mark of the first, you know, this first coming up. Um, mm -hmm. And that just, I, when I heard that, I was like, oh my God, like this is like, this year, I just don't even know how to put it into work. We were trying to just kind of like process this year, but 
the things that people have been through are it's horrible it's a very humanizing yeah. thing to do honestly thank you yeah I, yeah i like um i'm a human i like talking humans <laughs> Yeah, what I like about um, the work you do and, you know, last week on 60 Minutes, Scott Pelley was talking to um, how students have, react have been reacting to COVID. It's like some people are thriving, some people are having a hard time, but we're all humans. Doesn't mean you're weaker or somehow less than if you're like struggling more than everyone else. So just, just really everyone's just trying to get through this. I guess that's the point. Yes. Yeah. And I think someone else that I spoke to who has four kids who are all different levels of immunocompromised and have chronic illnesses. And she was like, we, she said, um, this mother um, in Stoughton, she was like, we are not all in the same boat. We are in the same flood, different boats. And I thought that was a really good way of looking at it because yeah, it's, you know, I consider myself, I wanted to go on this podcast and be like, oh my God, this year has been so hard. But then I had to also acknowledge that I'm extremely, I'm coming from a, you know, a very privileged position and, I have come out of this. I mean, we're still in it very much in it, but you know, I'm considerably like just so lucky. And even though I haven't had to, like, I haven't had to face these kind of things that people have had to face. And I want to highlight that. And I want to talk about them, but I also have not had a great year. It's not, it's not been like my best, um, my favorite for sure. Not even like top five. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and even so we're yeah as you said we're still in it and we're just trying to claw our way back out i mean at the very least you know there, there there's got to be something at the end of the corner and, and you're telling stories which is important in in, in the industry that i think that news that um media kind of has lost its way in a sense um especially cable tv pundits you know they're telling their opinions like well tell the story as well um you gotta do that but I'm gonna turn it over to my to my uh, good friend Logan Logan Rave. Yeah, well, yeah. Thanks for coming on. Uh, I found your uh, radio history very interesting because that's actually how I got started uh, in politics. I remember I think it was sixth grade five years ago when my it was actually in elementary school. We had a radio station, um, and uh, we it was like we had this whole club, and we each got thirty seconds to do a little bit. So some people would do weather, some people would have music and I was reporting the results of the like Iowa caucus in New Hampshire. So cool. You never told me you had a radio station, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Wait, how old were you when this was happening? Um I was what, probably like 12 or 13. That's very nerdy, but very cool. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, it, it was played like just for the school and like all the parents when they would drop their kids off, they would always turn to to the radio station and um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about like your audience over the last few years um, with all the stuff going on. Um, do, you, do you think more people are like, like interested in the local politics um, now that we have, I think generally people are more interested in politics. Has that translated to what you do? So I actually was working as a general assignment reporter for the last two years. And then I recently took a position as our Dorchester reporter. So I'm covering um, Dorchester, Mattapan, Roxbury, that area, like the biggest neighborhood um, in Boston. And there's obviously a lot going on there. Um, but I don't necessarily just do politics. I am really interested in politics and I think everything is political and 
you know, politics intersects with so many other things. Um, but the audience, I think, I'm not really sure. I think obviously GBH has an audience and then my audience, I don't know. There's, I, I appreciate when there is a community of people who feel like they, you know, or somebody who represents a community of people who, who feel like they have, their issue has not been talked about publicly or they want to bring attention to something or they feel like it's not been articulated in a way. I really like, there are, there are often stories that um, they have a lot more nuance than, you know, if, if someone were to just kind of helicopter in and, and poke around and be like, this is what's happening. Like, um, for instance, at Mass and Cass, the, the corner of Mass Ave and Melnia Cass Boulevard, um, there, you know, the state and the city has dedicated so many great resources to helping folks out there with, with um, homeless shelters and methadone clinics and, and, you know, these tents and help like throughout the pandemic. And they had all these ambitions for other projects that they were going to work on and the pandemic kind of put, you know, a hitch in those plans. But um, there are a lot of folks who live there and generations of families who've lived there in around that neighborhood and they feel like the efforts that have been put forward in that area aren't necessarily considering both the people who need help with like a substance use issue and the residents. And so they've been accused sometimes of being kind of like a, not in my backyard, like NIMBY, um, you know, like we don't want this on our, in our, on our curbs and our whatever in our parks. And it's like their concern, like there's, I think an element of that, I guess, but it's more like they feel like the area has been so concentrated into a, you know, socioeconomically sort of affected neighborhood that is disadvantaged and is is predominantly black and brown. And they feel like the city kind of put all those resources there and needs to just spread them out more so that it's not such a problem in that neighborhood you know, because they can, they're concerned about their kids walking to school and they're concerned about kind of having a community there. And so I think that's a good example of a story that has a lot of layers of nuance. And if you were not like hyper local and you weren't coming in, you know, knowing people and kind of asking a lot of questions and looking at something over a period of time, you might see it one way or one other way and or think that there's like two sides to a story, which is always funny to me because there's always more than two sides to something. Um, but yeah, I think that's why local reporting is so important. And like the Dorchester reporter is such a good newspaper because they are so hyper, hyper local. Like we cover, you know, we cover the city, we cover the state, we cover, we do a lot of very specific things. Um, I, I love local politics, like really hyper local politics. I love, love, love covering those. Cause I think they're so important. Um, arguably more important than national politics because they have such a direct impact on people's lives. And, you know, I think that's why it's really important to have people on the ground in the neighborhood, like knowing what's going on. Does that answer your question? I don't know if it does. I think it's, I just mean like there's the audience is, should be the community and the community, there should be a relationship where we work with the community and kind of have a back and forth where, you know, we serve and kind of show people what's important and um, educate and inform and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> it's just a simple yes. <laughs> <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we are unfortunately running out of time, but I do have one more question for you. Um, and you talked about how your, your, your beginning into uh, reporting was that mayoral race. There's another one coming up uh, mm -hmm. and it's a clown car of a race. Um, yeah. um, Marty Walsh is going to be confirmed as labor secretary on the 22nd, according to Stephanie Mur Murphy or Stephanie Murray. Yeah. Yeah. Murray. Murray. Stephanie I Murray keep getting those confused. Show. That's a Florida politician. Um, and, you know, Kim Jane's going to become acting mayor. And are you going to be looking at this race? Are you going to be even talking about it? Um, what are your thoughts on the upcoming mayoral race? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, uh, I will be there. We will all be covering it. GBH is all over big elections and we will be all over it. Um, we have a lot of really great specifically political reporters, Soraya Wintersmith, um, Mike Dean, Adam Riley, Peter Kadzis, and they do the scrum. Zoe mm -hmm. Matthews produces the scrum. I obviously do a ton of political reporting and Dorchester is, you know, a huge neighborhood that's going to be a big part of it. And yeah, I think, you know, we've, we've seen these, these candidates because I've lived in Boston now for 10 years. Oh my God. I, anyway, I've lived here for a while and I've been reporting on things for a while. And I know, you know, you see these people kind of move around in different roles and it's really interesting to kind of follow that and develop a relationship. And so, yeah, we will, we will be on top of it. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting. I think it's really exciting that we have so many female candidates of color mm -hmm. in this city. I think that says, you know, a lot about Boston. I hope that it, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but um, you know, it's, it's exciting to see that that's who's at bat. Um, and that does, that does mean a lot because representation is important. So it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting race. And Tori, we will not, we are going to be very excited to hear your work on, on this. Thank you. I'm excited to hear your work on this. Oh, well, you know, I got, I got to find a way to get the car into Boston and that's got to be a whole, uh, escapade, but who knows? Maybe we'll catch each other on the tee once they don't cut the budget. But anyways, um, <laughs> Thank you all for listening to Kai Cabin. Tori, thank you for joining us as well. Listen to her work on GBH. That's GBH without the W, and that makes me very sad. Why? Um, but at any rate, I want to thank you all for joining us. We'll have another episode of the Kai Cabin soon. I'm Adam Bass with Logan Rabe and Jesse Hahn. Sorry, Jack, if you're not here right now. Darn you, Kenmore. Ugh. Oh, well. Anyways, take <laughs> care and have a good evening. Thanks.